Welcome back to another Reason to Behold podcast and this one is a replay from one of our live streams on YouTube. Um, if you haven't already seen any of the live streams, check it out on YouTube at Reason to Behold. We just talk all things godly Christian content and you can watch us having a conversation with all sorts of different people on all sorts of different subjects. So without further ado, here's the conversation. Okay, welcome back to another live stream with Reason to Behold, Arnold Reasons, and we're going to jump straight into the conversation today. So if you're around Christianity for any amount of time, you'll hear about disciples and discipleship. But I think one of the things that I really want to emphasize in this conversation is let's not just rush over those words because we've heard them so often. Like we want to actually start thinking through what does it actually mean to be a disciple? What is discipleship really all about? Is it just a six to 12 week training program? Is it mentorship? Is it something completely different from what we thought? That's exactly what we're going to be getting into in this live stream. Now, disciple and discipleship are not words that we use in our language today a lot of the time it's, it's historical language so understanding it is something that's going to take a bit of digging and a little bit of research around it but here are just a few things that i've pulled out that jesus said about discipleship to give us a few clues number one all of our in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's Matthew 28. So it's expected as our strategy. Luke 14 says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And so it involves self-denial. John 8 says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so we know it leads to freedom, true freedom. And so just before I bring up um, some of the people that are going to be speaking on the panel today, I just want to share one last example for us to think through just before we start unpacking this conversation. And it's a conversation that happened between Jesus and Peter um, after Jesus was resurrected. And it's the famous one that many of us have heard, talked about, probably heard sermons about where Jesus is asking Peter three times if he loves him. And so after that exchange, Jesus says to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. And that's from John 21, 18 to 19. And so when you look at these verses, Jesus didn't sugarcoat the reality of Peter's journey ahead. He was very clear. He was very direct. And he didn't hide what the end road would look like for Peter. And I think this is what's the most interesting thing to me about all of that is that after he's just set out that you're going to die this horrific death. He still called Peter to follow him. And I want you to imagine if you were Peter. And that was the future you just got told. Would you still choose to follow? And so with that said, I'm going to bring up our panel for today. 
So we've got Derek, Tolu, and Kofi. Yes, brothers, what are you saying? Hey, man. Good to have you guys on. And just as well for everybody watching, um, this conversation, as usual, um, is a conversation between us, but it's also something that includes you as well. So even though you might not have a microphone and a camera on, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your questions, and whatever you have to say in the comments. And so... Without much further, today there's no fancy introductions, so you don't have to worry about sweating it on that one. <laughs> but we're going to jump straight into um, some of the questions that we've got for today. So question number one, how would you define discipleship to a 10-year-old child? How would you define discipleship yeah, to a 10-year-old child? Hmm. I'm close to name calling. I think uh, I think our new guest should go first. <laughs> All right, let me let me let me see how I can actually explain that to a ten year old. Um, it will be teaching uh, somebody to uh, become a follower of Jesus Christ by hmm. actions, experience. Um, and making them understand the way of Christ. That's good. That's good. What do the rest of you guys think about that? I, I think I think the last bit will fly over the, the, the head of the ten year old, but hey, I give it it's ten year olds for crying. I think it depends on the ten year old. No, I, I think I think that's the for me that's the general principle I'd be trying to trying to convey as well. I think when we look at how Jesus discipled his um, disciples, um, I would just say Jesus just did life with them and he just took opportunities as you go through life to have teachable moments. So mm. like you said, you're just walking life with somebody and then just teaching them along the way. You know, it wasn't like he had this massive, you know, 12 step plan or anything like that. He just, he just did life with them. He just showed them how he did life showed them the things that he was learning and just took opportunities he asked them questions you know he just did life with them and yeah just taught them along the way mm. no yeah i think they they, they, they they couldn't have started on a very um on a, on a better note so yeah just trying to tell them that discipleship is following the example of somebody you want to be like mm-hmm yeah so and and Tolu mentioned about doing life together so this is somebody you aspire to be like and then you follow the example they have set and very soon you'll be you'll be doing what they are doing so it's almost like you are mimicking somebody you you really admire mm. that's good so good and so i think go ahead bro no that one's not for a 10 year old that I was just thinking. So no, don't oh. worry. We've got more than ten year olds listening, bro. Shoot. <laughs> so <am> I. <laughs> I was just thinking because you know discipleship um, has the same root as discipline, mm, and mm, in some mm. way, learning the disciplines of somebody. It's learning the ways that someone does things, the things that they do, the things that they don't do. That for me is that's discipline. Okay. It's a very very good good point because i think we're graduating from the 10 year old to the 15 year old now yeah that's right? that's why i say that one was <laughs> no it's good it's good because i think it feeds I, into I, the... I just i just thought of something as well right 
Yeah. Hey, bro. Sorry, sorry. I just finish off. I, I just something just popped in my head that it's, a, it's an interesting one, but I, I'll share that afterwards. Go ahead. No, no, bro. Go for it. Go for it. Close your. Yeah, but but you know, I, I was just gonna say, you know, if a ten-year-old comes in and he asks that question, how many of us can really turn around and say, "Look at me"? Ooh, wow. <laughs> wow. And on that note, the live stream is finished. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week. <laughs> no, but let's unpack that. That's that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Let's unpack that. Why do you say that, bro? So I think um, you know, off the back of what Kofi said, right? And I think that's it's quite important. We know in the in the context of discipleship, you know, the the best our best example is Christ, and mm-hmm. and and. You know, with our kids and with those around us, the 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 the, the nearest to Christ, some of them will see will be us. Mm. And so, when thinking about that, I said to myself, you know, if we are meant to be followers of Christ, and our, our children also look up to us as though they even looking up to Christ, because they don't know any 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 better. But if our child comes up to us and our child asks us that that question, can we really be that example? It goes beyond the title it goes beyond a definition mm. it's it's actually action um in motion if i can put it that way and so would we be genuinely uh strong enough to be able to say listen i am confident enough to live the life following christ and therefore if you if you look at my ways you'll see more of christ mm. that's good and I think what I love about what you just explained there, and I think also it touches on what Tolly mentioned, I think, and Kofi too, is it, it is more than words. It, it, it's about the lifestyle that you live in the day-to-day, not just in the moments when there's a huge crowd watching sure. and there's a huge crowd that are engaged by the things that you're saying and all your great preaching and talking and breaking down the Greek, the Hebrew and everything else. But in those private moments, like when you're driving and your child is sitting in the back, and you just got cut up by somebody who clearly did something wrong. Like, what did he do? Listen, I'm talking to myself right now. Like, <laughs> but it's true. Like, it really does go beyond just those moments, those private moments, Matt. Um, I'm going to run through a couple of the comments as well. Um, we've got Gary saying, big up Pastor Kofi. Mm-hmm. Big ups to Gary. Gary saying, Sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning, he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. Yes, sir. Gary, Gary's on fire. He's burning on fire, he, I'm telling he you. Got, he, got, he got baptized last Saturday, so he's wow. excited. The spirit of the Lord is upon him. Yeah, he's, he's wonderful, Gary. wonderful. That's amazing. Doing life with brothers and sisters. And you know, actually, I want to park on this one for a second before we go any further on the rest of them, because doing life is one of those phrases that I think is very often used to describe what the discipleship relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. But to maybe break it down to, I guess, maybe a bit more of a granular level, what does it look like to actually do life with people? What do you guys think about that? What do you think it looks like to do life with people? Um, it's so funny. I was I was literally thinking about these are words that you think you think it's very exclusive to you, but everybody uses that because we say that in our church a lot. Like 
you want to do life together, but you forget that you heard it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's very powerful. <laughs> I was reading the text of scripture, Mark chapter three, okay. and um, verse. I think it's verse fourteen. Then Jesus appointed the twelve that they might be with him. That he might send them out to preach. That they might be with him. Mm. He appointed the twelve. These people were not people. They were with Jesus. And when um, Jesus died, and then Peter was caught in the midst of the Sanhedrin, and he spoke, they said that, "Is this not an uneducated, unlettered guy?" As he spoke with so much eloquence, the Bible says, and they took notice that he had been with Jesus. They took notice that he had been with Jesus, that he smelled of Jesus. When the Christians went to Antioch, they, they took notice of them that, oh, that's why they call them Christians because they have been with Jesus. So they did life with Jesus so much that you could smell Jesus of them. And that's the same thing Derek was saying, that with, with our walk with Jesus, can people see Jesus in us? Can people see traces? Of course, not the fullness we are supposed to strive towards the fullness, but they, can they see traits of Jesus in us? That can make people think like, hmm, there is something about you that corresponds. Mm. I think doing life together comes with not just popping in and popping out. Mm. Being there. Acts chapter 1 verse 1. I'm quoting too many scriptures, but... Acts no, no, no. It's not too much. We love it. Things that Jesus began to do and to teach. I love that. The things he began to do and to teach. Be, Jesus didn't, because he was with them, they didn't just see him talk about prayer. They mm. saw him early in the morning go to yeah. pray. They didn't just see him talk about love. They, they saw him demonstrate it. So that's what doing life together is. Do, do you know what's really interesting, actually, Kofi, mm. is that they had to ask him. They said, teach us how to pray. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? So he was just doing right. what he was doing. It wasn't always mm. like, like, I'm going to teach you how to pray. You know, exactly. he was doing what exactly. he was doing. They were like, yeah. teach they us. Like, you know, mm. they've seen it. They've seen the results. And now they're like, you need to teach us that. Mm. Work, 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 work. Mm. Mm. You want to cut off heads tonight? The Guy came back from the mountain. We were samurai so we ready <laughs> to go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> literally, I'm telling you because I think it's the, the default thing is to just get but into limited teacher. Mode, I guess right? just to, just to add to that as well, I think um, uh, one of the fundamental things that I'm recognizing as well is that you know Jesus Jesus spoke on so many levels, right? And he taught on so many levels. So apart from him uh, breaking down scripture to the disciples and giving them understanding, you find. Uh, places where he teaches them strategic action so for instance you look at uh when when they book bread when they feed them you know the five thousand and he says i'm gonna give this to you guys tell tell the people to sit in groups of 50s strategy on how to do things you know and and i think jesus was so well-rounded that the people saw they were like there is so much wisdom in this man beyond even everything that he's saying to us about you know spiritual things he comes to our level he gives us you know some really really good stuff strategic action and so mm-hmm. i think that's that's quite important for us to notice as well mm-hmm. literally and you know what that's that's a very good point at the 
because I feel like there's extremes that we can sometimes go to when it comes to our like our faith and how we live like there's good motives we can have when we say things like you know I just want to be led I just want to see how it goes and this and the other but then there's also the the other extreme where you can completely ignore involving God whatsoever so it's finding the right balance of knowing how to to commit things to God and to ask God for the wisdom but then to also use the wisdom he gives you and actually start thinking more strategically and doing it by faith and stepping out so I think that's a really really good point and I think you know there's the verse that says about how we have been given all things for life and godliness come on right so it's like like Derek said it's about both you know so discipleship is not just about you know here's how to read the bible here's how to do this in faith but it's also like here's how to live life and to be fair those two things should never really be that separate right Mm, because even how we live our practical lives you can get that understanding from the word so like you know the principle um that Derek was talking about where he said okay split them up into groups of 50 you know that's a principle that we've been seeing even from Moses you know when Moses was struggling with managing Mm -hmm. the people and his father-in-law said look Mm. break them down you know into groups give Mm. some people to be in charge of 10 some people to be in charge of 50 whatever it is so Mm. these are all Mm -hmm. biblical principles that you can see through the word so life and godliness should be going together Mm. in discipleship and and with that said Nav said Tolu is back from the mountain so word to the people listening (laughs) get married there's a special mountain, a special anointing <laughs> that comes up. <laughs> See how he used Moses there. Nash said, hey guys. Um, no, that's really, really good. Some really good thoughts. Gary also said, following someone and hope that you become like them. Mm. Very wow. good point. Um, First awesome. Corinthians 11.1. 1. Christ is a model for others to follow. First mm. Corinthians eleven one. Does anyone have I'm that? Nice one, bro. And whilst you do that, Zena said, "Hey, RTB fan, welcome back, twin." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's good, man. First Corinthians eleven one says, "Pattern yourselves after me. Follow my example as I mm. imitate and follow Christ the Messiah." Sorry, that's amplified. My bad. That was good, though. I mean, like, what what yeah. type of water did you baptize Gary into? Because like he's coming with fire to <laughs> really, like... <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, these guys. It's, it's powerful because that text of scripture he he said. I mentioned it last week that um, you know my pastor in Ghana always tells the church, "Follow me as I follow Christ." The moment I stop following Christ, run away from me as That's you right. run away from a snake. He's, he, literally, <laughs> he uses those words in front of thousands of people he yeah. says that follow me as i follow christ yeah yeah so anytime yeah. i deviate from christ you run away from me and and i i feel that that is a very very powerful standard we must all set for sure and, and do you know what sorry i think what's really important about that is that that means that you have to raise people who know what Christ looks like yes. and Come on. know how to find out what Christ That's looks right. like outside of yeah. what you're saying, right? Yeah, exactly. Because if, mm. if I've gone off, but you don't That's have right. something else to check me against, come on, how are you going to know I've gone off? Exactly. Exactly. That's why, that's, that's why you, you must always, you must always build like a Christ-centered church, a Bible-based church, and also a Holy Spirit-led church, because he would also, he would also say that, he said, First of all, if I tell you something, 
go to your Bible and ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, is what pastor telling me? Is it true or false? And as you, you, read, you look into the perfect law of liberty for yourself, you see Christ. And then so you know the picture. So you're not following blindly because I've heard people say stuff like, I heard a, a, a very, very good friend of mine say that, um, well, I mean, if I'm following my pastor and I'm very loyal to them and they become unfaithful and I still follow them, at least God knows my heart. I'm just thinking like, uh-oh. But but the thing is, you should know the pattern. So what Tolu mentioned is very, very important that we know what Christ expects of us so that we know who we are following. And, sure. and, I th- and I think what's interesting with that, right, is that it's a well-intentioned statement, but when you say God knows my heart, what does that mean, right? Mm. Because God ex- also has expectations of us in mm-hmm. terms of what we do, what we don't do, you know, and if you can identify that somebody is going off, but you're still going to follow them anyway, because God knows my heart, like, okay, what? where is your heart in that? You know, mm-hmm. what is your actual heart posture? What are you actually trying to do? Are you trying to please mm-hmm. God? Are you trying to please man? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's yeah. important to try and understand, like, what are we, what are we actually trying to do here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, nice. just to add, I think there's another dimension to this as well. When you know, Kofi saying, you know, my pastor has stood up and declared this body in front of everyone else. From a leadership perspective, that also makes you. It, it, it sort of takes the burden off of you, but at the same time, it also gives you the mandate to always break the truth, right? Um, because when, when you know, when the scripture talks about the Bereans who who actually go into the word. When you hear the word, they actually go in and search it. When we create the Berean spirit, shall I put it that way? Forgive me if, mm. you know, I'm going to bit too. But, but, but when we have that environment where we know mm. that people will search the scriptures, we know that people will hold us accountable um, if we're not teaching the word accurately, it, mm. it enables us to, to, to it, I think it's freeing in one sense, but it also gives a huge sense of responsibility to mm. know that we have to really, really step up. Mm. 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 That's word. That's, that's, that's good. That is really good. Very, very good. Mm. I'm liking this conversation. Um, so Matty said in the comments, hey, family. Hey, Matty. Hey, Matty. Hey, Matty. We're stepping on to the next question. Turn the furnace up a little bit more. The furnace, we, we cross, we cross Bro, we cross market everything. <laughs> We've got to drop the bombs every now and then. Shout out to the Blacksmith Furnace podcast. Check it out. What's the difference between someone who is a disciple and someone who is just playing church? What's the difference between someone who is a disciple and someone who is just playing church? What do you think? It's crystal clear. It's the crystal clear. The, I mean, like Tolu said earlier, the, the <laughs> word disciple comes from discipline. Somebody who's been disciplined after the teacher. Jesus would say, a, 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 he said, a servant is not greater than his master. But if he's taught well, he'll be like his master. Yeah. But someone who's playing church is just going through the motions. And of course, there are some very, very good. You, well, I don't. You, you can really be very good. You can be. You can become very, very good in playing church. Yeah. You can become so good in playing church. Let me give you a biblical example: the sons of seven sons of Sceva, right? Mm. They, they played church so much. They, 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 you see, the, the, the narrative where they were casting this, these particular demons. It wasn't the first time they were casting demon, demons. The, the Bible, the narrative said they had actually done it before, but on this particular day. They made the wrong type of demons. 
these guys had been so skilled in playing church but they lacked the authority because mm. until you have submitted under authority you do not gain authority so the difference between a disciple and somebody playing church should be crystal clear that the person who is a disciple carries authority because the, the you see the the soldier who jesus um, um whose child was sick he said i am a man under authority and i'm also a man of authority i can say to this go and they go this person knew how to be under authority that's the only way you get authority a disciple is under the authority of jesus and because of that matthew 28 17 all authority under heaven and earth is given unto you therefore go make disciples and and i think in addition to that i think an, an additional difference is kind of the heart change and the heart transformation because mm. i really feel like in a lot of ways the cost of discipleship is that change it is that process of going mm. through and becoming more and more christ-like because if we think about discipleship we're being discipled to become more christ-like so you can play church all you want but if you're not actually becoming more christ-like then that's the real difference between a disciple someone who actually lives the life someone who actually believes what like Kofi said like what do you believe what authority are you submitting to because actually change comes from submitting to the authority of the word as well you know so i think that kind of the heart change the life change and it's even in those little things like you're talking about arnold in like you know when someone cuts you up in when you're driving you know are you growing in that are you changing in that are you becoming more disciplined mm. in some of those mm. ways thank god i, I don't feel condemned that was a nice word <laughs> <laughs> are you growing i know that you grow- yeah i'm growing, I'm growing. Are you my temper was short you know, 10 minutes before <laughs> <laughs> you know are you less angry each time like that's yeah. still that's growing that's you know so i think that that growth and that change um I think for me is really also mm. one of the big differences. Mm. So, so maybe just to put the focus on the second part of the question, for someone who doesn't, who's heard that phrase playing church, but don't actually have, or do, doesn't actually have an understanding of what that looks like, um, how would you explain it in a basic way? So how do we explain playing church? Yeah, what it looks like to play church. Oh, so it's like you go to church every I, I, Sunday. I think cool feet. <laughs> yeah, go on. You go, you go, Derek. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I was going to say, Kofi just echoed it so brilliantly. He used the word. He said, he said, going through the motions, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you were to ask me, I wouldn't even be able to define it any better. Yeah. You're, you're simply going through the motions. So you go to church on a Sunday, you listen to the word, you clap your hands, you pay your offering. Sometimes you pay your tithe to come, but there is no <laughs> understanding. There, there, is, there is no understanding. There is no commitment. There is no heart to what you're doing, you mm. know, and, it, and that could be for various reasons. So in other words, you're actually uh, participating, but you're not, you, you, there is no understanding to what you're doing. You're, you're just simply going through the motions. Mm. And, and that's so sad right because why would you waste your time mm. like why it's so sad i would i'll explain, explain that because because 
you know, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Fitness like Arnold. So, um, Bro, I'm on my journey. I'm growing. I'm growing. In it. <laughs> listen, listen. I, I've never. Yeah, you are. You, you are now the. You are now the goals. Everybody's goals is Arnold. So, <laughs> but every every now and then, well, it's been a practice of mine for a very long time. I do push up before I have my shower. I do push up, and every time I I, I start doing push ups almost all my children will come and just be around me and try to do the same thing. They are going mm. through the motion. They, they, they don't know because sometimes I see, especially the girls, their knees are on the floor. <laughs> they, are, they are going through the motions. They, they don't understand what I'm doing. They just think I probably love rolling on the floor or something like that. So it's just like you can stay in church for so long. Mm. It, it's like a parrot, like a parrot. You hear people say stuff, you repeat you talk the talk. You don't really, and it, it, you you can be so sincere. People who play church are not people who maybe they are very good actors, but mostly they are deceived because they mm. think the fact that I've heard people say the things, talk the talk. I remember w- w- when I got born again, I'll see people they spoke with a particular accent, you know, like you know the spirit sage that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Lord is shit. I'm just thinking, why has your accent changed all of a sudden? I feel like names are about to start flying off. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm not invited again, so I don't drop names. Like... <laughs> <laughs> That's why Kadeem's on a band this week. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Kadeem's not on a band. I'm joking. You named me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shout out to Kadeem. So you can, you can be so... You can be genuinely sincerely copying stuff you have no idea and that's why i use my children and that's how people play church because they've been there they've seen it but if you have not encountered the true power you would think like what's the difference between me and them but you wouldn't know and i think that's 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 really good and i think you know i thought a similar thought about like you have to be deceived like because i i can't imagine why someone would actually consciously want to make a decision to say I'm going to get up and I'm just going to go through the motions. Do you know what I mean? It, it has to be like, uh, it has to come from deception is what I thought as well. But um, but I guess maybe a follow-up question that came to mind as you were speaking is how does one get to that place? And maybe before we even answer that question, let me run through some of the comments before the change conversation moves too far. But how does one get to that place where you're so self-deceived? What are like, what does that road look like to, to get into that place? Um, and we can simmer on that before we, whilst we go through the comments. So, Gary said, someone who is obedient to Jesus. Yes, yes, and amen to that. Um, Gary also said, people that don't, and I think he's talking about a disciple, people that don't have to go to a building to go to church. Church starts at home. That's a word. People that don't have to go to a building to go to church. Love that. I definitely love that. Nash said, Operating, <laughs> said, um, operating from head knowledge rather than having a heart understanding equals aspects of playing church. Very true. Wise wife. Somebody married you well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so back to um back to the question that we were starting to look at. Like, what does that how does one become so self-deceived? Like, what do you feel like is the journey to getting there and going through the motions? So when, when this first came up, I was thinking about in the Bible, who do we, who else do we see playing church? 
and in some ways it was kind of like the pharisees the sadducees they were really like the kind of the main people that jesus was contending with at the time and in a lot of ways they were playing church because he's saying look you're you know you have this form of godliness but you deny the power you have an appearance of godliness you're playing church like if when anyone looks at you on the outside you know you look like you are people of god but the power of god and it's like what was their lifestyle like what was their teaching like that they got to that place and i think in looking at kind of the pharisees and the sadducees And I think that also mm. links back to what Nash said about, you know, head knowledge versus heart understanding. Mm. It is, mm. you know, keeping stuff in the head realm and just going with your head and not actually allowing God to work with your heart over time to really bring mm. that understanding and that change and that growth. Because that's really what discipleship is about. It's about walking with the Lord and allowing him mm. to, to change you, to discipline you, to help you to grow. Mm. Work, 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 work. And yeah, and to to to. I, I almost, I almost feel to throw a bit of. Uh... Oh, please go ahead. No, no, please, go please. Um, so I was going to throw a bit of spanner in the works, right? <laughs> the, the the reason why the reason why I say that is, um, you know, on the road to deception, as we've just put it, um, you know, how about? looking at a person who's been buffeted so much right and i just want to create a scenario here so we we can sort of you know the with the been church for so many years they've encountered so many things they've experienced church first, they've experienced so many things in and outside the church mm. and as a result um they have developed a wall an unconscious wall that doesn't allow anything else to penetrate mm. i think i think um as much as you know deception uh or, or the road to to deception i think there is also another aspect that we possibly might be able to explore where um it leads us also guard the hearts right when when the scriptures says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues like sometimes you, your heart may not be guarded and so many arrows and so many things may just be poking at you so much that you don't even recognize where it tips you off mm-hmm. that you begin to really play church without even mm. recognizing that you're playing church mm-hmm. so it's just a thought for us to really explore if 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 possible <clears throat> and i'd like to know your thoughts that's on really that good. brothers that's real good no it's but it's still it still borders to deception it's still because because you know you can go through pain hurt they say hurt people hurt people mm. because but when you are hurting somebody you feel justified because you think i've been hurt so my hurt is justified it's still a form of deception the, the, the way i the way i define deception in the bible is from proverbs there is a way that seems right unto a man mm-hmm. but the end thereof is the way nobody is deceived who knows they are deceived yeah. it's just like mm-hmm. somebody who's somebody who's drunk and you are telling them yo you're drunk no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> of course of course i'm not drunk they're not gonna say yeah. Yeah, i'm drunk well yeah so it's the same things like oh are you asleep no i'm not but you are, <laughs> you are you are clearly dozing off so that's how deception is so even when we are hurt and and i'm sorry for people who have to go through that because we are people mm-hmm. but there's also a level of deception when we can also become easily like well 
I am doing this because of what has been done to me. What has been done to you is wrong. However, it can give you a, set, a certain level of deception. I always give this example about how um, when we were having our first child and in the labor room, my wife was going through labor, um, labor pains and then she was squeezing my hand. She was breaking my hand. <laughs> and I'm just telling you like, Honey, you are brave. So you have no idea the pain I'm going through. So yeah, you have no idea the pain I'm going through. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. You're brave. Well, but, but but the thing is what she thought, she thought the, the pain I'm going through is so deep that you mustn't even feel that's that's how she was justified. She she really thought you should be, she, she should not complain about this mouth pain. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Mouth pain. But that's the thing. We all do that to ourselves because it's, it's a, we, we justify certain things and so even though church hurt is something we never treat with any uh, certain level of contempt I think it's also still a level of deception in my opinion I, I think in some ways also it, we're not necessarily taught how to deal with stuff like church hurt right? I think like when church hurt happens it's a surprise you yes. know we're kind of like because this is god's people like god's that. people are doing this to it's like it's crazy you know but i think that that's also where the word talks about guarding your heart it talks about look if you have offense with somebody go talk to that person mm. if they have offense with you they should go talk to you like we god is trying to tell us that we need to be dealing with some of these things and mm. the reason he's saying that is because otherwise yeah. our hearts will get to that place where our hearts are so hurt, they become scarred, mm. they become calloused, they're no longer soft. Mm, and then sure. that is where, that's that's really where the enemy is trying to get us to, right? That's is right, that yeah. place where either we're really proud and we won't hear anything, mm. we're really hurt and we won't hear anything. But those are, that's the same mm. thing he's trying to get us to, mm. you know? And actually yeah. God has given us a lot of ways in that, but we're not, even in our discipleship, often we're not necessarily taught how to go through that mm. you know we're not really talking but the word has those things but those are also some of the things in the word that we don't necessarily really get get mm. into like that and mm. that's a really interesting like point that. because i feel like in in listening to that what it made me think of is just going back to the loop of discipleship like how are we training and encouraging people to to go on this journey what are the expectations we're giving people like are we giving them this expectation that oh welcome Mm. to the christian faith everything is going to be handy dandy from here you're never going to get hurt by one of these brothers and sisters if anything they're going to bless your life so much Uh you're never going to want to go back to the world like is that the impression we're (laughs) giving people or are we giving them a biblical expectation where we run them through scriptures like romans which exposes that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god when we look at the fact that there are scriptural examples and tools like Tolly was describing that are put in place to compensate for the fact that people are going to fail you and so we need to use these tools in order to be able to bear with one another um even scriptures that speak about um bearing with one another and that all of those kind of principles it all comes back to what are the expectations and the impressions we're giving people and on top of that as well not just the responsibility on the people who are teaching and informing and educating people but also on the person who's the student like are we actually searching these things out are we actually making a decision to say okay i've been hurt by the so-called church people yeah this so-called body of christ has upset me they've done something that has cut me deep 
when that happens cool i mean don't get me wrong i'm not downplaying i like i've firsthand i've got my experiences um as i think all of us do in some sort of way shape or form but after you've gone through your morning and your the, the rawness of the feelings of what has happened do we come to a result where we say okay god what is your word in this what do you say about this how do you say that i should approach dealing with this situation because for me that speaks of lordship that speaks of surrender that speaks of making a decision that i'm not going to follow after my own way but like a disciple i'm going to follow after the way of the king because i know that the king's way is the way that i was designed to operate and that's what leads to life Mm -hmm. if i go after my own way it leads to destruction more times than not Mm. um example an example came to mind i got born again when i was 16 years old a few Mm. years ago 1998 and i remember i was in a boarding school secondary school and um the guy who was discipling me he's he 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 taught me things he taught me this is what it means this is this is how you do he taught me something he said the the lord's prayer says and forgive us our trespasses Mm. forgive those who trespass against us and so he said this means that it is something that is constant in this walk Come on. You will be sinned against and some you will sin against somebody. Mm-hmm. So in approaching church hurts, you always never look at the hurt you have been dished. You also think as we for we forgive us our trespasses because I've also hurt somebody. So this man, this guy, we call him Bishop, taught me that pray that God always gives you grace ahead of time to forgive people who hurt you. And so that's, I'm just trying to tie it to what Tolu said, how you are taught. So I'm not saying I've never been hurt in church before, but I don't really label it church hurt. I just label it like, that's that's what I probably did to somebody. And so mm, it's, mm. it comes with a package. So I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish church hurt at all, but I'm saying that any human institution, including yourself and your wife, you will hurt each other. So if you if you have that posture that forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against Jesus, says, offenses will come. Mm-hmm. So if we are taught well on how to posture ourselves, the offenses will come, but we will guard our heart with all diligence so that we don't have this thing about, oh, everybody in the hurt everybody in the church has hurt me so much like and you've never hurt anybody mm-hmm. and i'm not saying and i'm not saying you should dismiss but sometimes yeah, yeah. then i think of blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy so when somebody mm-hmm. has hurt you and it cuts deep mm-hmm. and it's not easy to forgive you say father please help me to forgive because i know that i've already hurt somebody or i'm going to hurt somebody mm-hmm. And I, I believe that will help our posture when we are dealing. So when we are taught well about how to deal with these things, it helps. But if you have this victim mentality, oh, nobody knows the trouble I've seen and all oh, these people <laughs> have hurt me so bad. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry about that. But trust me, you might have hurt somebody and you don't even know. So, yeah. It's good. That is really, really and good. I want to talk on, I don't want to talk on, on another point. I think, well, well, the main, the main topic of discussion is around discipleship. And I think as as people who, I think some of us are in pretty leadership positions, right? And so 
Um, one thing that I think it's important for us to recognize is the right way uh, to also deal with some of these things. And so part of discipling people is to know the right way to deal with things like we're just talking about church hurt. Um, mm. but, but what I've recognized as well is that sometimes the church isn't very well versed in specific areas. So, mm. so um, I, I always um, have this conversation with a few people that say to me, oh, um, I had somebody speak to me and they said, you know what, do you think I need therapy or do you think I need counseling? Um, you know, I'm a Christian and, and you know, I, I kind of feel, and, and, and I'll be honest, my response to them was, these people are professionals also for a reason. We can't discount the, 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 the quality and the, the, the skill that some of these people have. And mm. the fact that we're Christians doesn't mean that we shouldn't also all be open to, to some of these things. So I say that yeah. to say this, that it's important as even people that disciple others to recognize that we need to pick up on the right skills in order to feed those that we're discipling the right food. Mm. Um, otherwise, that could also lead to, you know, uh, some of these issues that we're discussing and even more. That's good. That's really good. Mm. spicy spicy let's get back to the comments so um gary said self-deception is an act of lying to yourself making yourself believe something that is not true and the enemy will use that to destroy you very very true xena said Hey, my friend, you don't know the pain. No, I know she was speaking to her husband. She's officially mocking my Ghanaian accent publicly. We forgive her. It's good. Uh, Nash, the beautiful one, said, I think when we use words a lot like family, etc. What's going to happen one day? Wait, let me, let me, I'm not even going to say that. I think when we use words a lot like family, etc., um, it can overshadow the expectation of being hurt deeply by so-called family if we are going to try to be Christ-like. Do you know what, though? I think that... I think when we say family, right, sometimes yeah. we don't have the right expectation because your family are the people who are closest to you. Mm. And it's the people who are closest to you that know all the right buttons to push Come on, to yeah. really get to you, right? Trigger so, marathons. Like they they know they've grown up with you, they see you every day. So yeah, when we yeah. use family, sometimes like I'm saying, like we use family, like oh family, but it's like, do you not forget that there's like family feuds and all that? Like Esau and Jacob, like people, the first murder was family. <laughs> like that's how family sometimes works. So yeah, that's I good. That's good. And she actually mm. continued. So we need a kingdom understanding on the family of God. As family doesn't mean perfect relationships, yeah, same thing. Doesn't mean perfect relationships without hurt. As we do live in a fallen world and we are all being perfected, so we will get it wrong. At times we will rub each other the wrong way, but sometimes we trust too soon and too quickly without building history with people too. And and if I could comment on that, and um, the reason why we we all misunderstand the whole concept of families that trust me we are not fully at the place where we see our church brethren as family because we know that listen if you hurt me i'm just going to bounce and i'm gone 
But but you, you, you can't do that with your father. You can't do that with your mother. You can't mm-hmm. do that with your wife. You can't do that with your children. You know that no matter what happens, mm-hmm. we have to fix it up. I don't get to tell you that you are not my sister anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't but when we come to church, in our minds, listen, this is an organization. It's an organization. Mm-hmm. I say it nicely. No, no, I say it nicely like, oh, you're my brother, you're my sister. But if you hurt me too much, I'm going to bounce. Yeah. Because in your mind, you are prepared yourself. <laughs> but, but you know that this, I, I was, I love one of my cousins. This is my beloved cousin. This guy is a very, very interesting guy. When you are arguing with him, he will listen to you, see everything you say quietly and he tell you, you are lying. So why am I lying? And he will laugh. He will laugh at you to scorn. And then he'll go back home. And guess where he comes back the next day? Because he's not going anywhere. He's family. <laughs> and, and we learn to deal with him. And we learn to make jokes of the fact that he's just going to say I'm lying anyway. But mm. when we come to church, we don't condition our minds like that. We think listen, if, if you're a bit too much, I'm just going to stay away from you. Mm. So we learn, if we allow God to teach us through his word, that if we are indeed mm. family, we will rub each other the wrong way. But mm. we don't have the luxury of saying, peace out. Mm. We don't have that luxury. So if we, are, if we condition our minds that way, it will help us better. We will never be perfect, but it will help us better. But our mind conditioning is about church and how it is a family is one thing we have to all work on mm. that's really 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 that's really good, good. Mm. Uh, melanie said thank you kofi you answered a question i was about to ask shout out to melanie zena said say it louder for the people in the back kofi <laughs> being able to extend grace and mercy is not easy mm. but it's necessary mm. we can extend Mm. oh sorry but very necessary my bad very very good very good very good okay let's switch it up a little bit to the next question which is whose disciples are we supposed to be our leaders disciple disciples of jesus both help explain whose disciples are we supposed to be our leaders disciple disciples of jesus both help explain I think I think the simple answer, um, and I think Gary alluded to that actually when we spoke about First um, Corinthians eleven. It says, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." To keep it short, it's it's both. If if you're if you're discipling, ultimately we look up to Christ Jesus, but then but then as there are leaders amongst us, because you know Christ Himself took disciples and He asked them to also make disciples, and so in other words, they. We, we 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 it's it's a it's a two-way thing as people look up to us we also look up to christ and we teach people to eventually also look up to christ jesus um and so i don't think that you can separate both we point people towards christ but the reality of the matter is people look up to us too mm. yeah, that's that's so that's so that's so it's just powerful the things you said because you imitate um, me as I imitate Christ. So we are all eventually looking at Christ anyway. However, you don't become too spooky. You, I mean, you live on earth here with people. And as you rub on with people, you become like them. I mean, look at my wife. 
with her cockney accent trying to type like a Ghanaian. It's just because <laughs> you know the shots are being fired all over the place. No, Literally, no. bullets flying <laughs> everywhere. It's a friendly fire. It's a friendly fire. So, but every now and then, every now and then, also probably growing a bit in it and everything as, as as an Eastlander. So what I'm saying is that this just this afternoon, um, I was speaking to one of my brothers um, who comes to church, and. Um, he was saying something and about how to resolve an issue. And he made a statement. I'm just like, wow. He literally made a statement that I always make. And he said, well, if you listen to somebody long enough, you end up to speak to you. I was like, you've been around me for very, very long. That's that discipleship. We speak for so long. My wife and I, we, we, we speak for so long. Sometimes we, we say the very thing. We are from very, very diverse backgrounds, but we are all ultimately trying to be like Jesus. Mm. and so as we we are supposed to be first and foremost disciples of jesus but you can't also say that well jesus is my boss i i ain't submitting to no it's like okay <laughs> all the best with the holy spirit my brother <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of scriptures um that i've just pulled up as well which i think feed into what you just explained but romans 8 29 says um, for those, obviously read it in context, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And and I think the, the goal is obviously that we would be conformed to the image of Christ, right? That we would become more Christ-like. Um, and that's the whole goal of our journey because he is the firstborn. Um, but putting that into the context that you were describing of people we're supposed to only follow those parts that we see that are christ (laughs) and and it's practicing i think what we spoke about earlier in this conversation about being um diligent enough to go out and do the research yourself read the scriptures like see what the scriptures say about christ who is christ like how can i actually tell that you this part of you is christ like and that part isn't if i don't first do the diligence to do or do my due diligence to know christ better um we got one new person up in the comments lighting it up called T Adabacon who said Paul said follow me as I follow Christ discipleship is also reliant on relationship which is the heart of God towards humanity <laughs> I was gonna say you are moving slick if you are typing and I can't even see you moving your eyes you like <laughs> one YouTube <laughs> yeah that's good wow. Paul said follow me as I follow Christ discipleship is also reliant on relationship which is the heart of God towards humanity that is very very good shout out to the newlyweds up in the building hey lover <laughs> <laughs> um Zina also said, I received the forgiveness. Thank you for showing me mercy. I think she's speaking to you, Kofi. Your household is at peace. <laughs> He's dinner tonight. It's all good. Yeah. Hey, man. You see, oh, this, li- this is life. You're forgiven again. You're forgiven again. <laughs> it's Carla. Yes, Carla. We, we definitely spotted you. <laughs> welcome aboard, Carla. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Zina, she's letting off tonight. Kofi, me do what, Papa? He said, "That's that's that's my language for I love you very much." So, 
wow. That's good. It's yeah. real good. Um, okay. So, um, we might have touched on this question already, but we'll try and cover anything that might have been missed. But why is discipleship so important? Why is it so important? Is it not important? Nobody. I think one of the fundamental things that it, it is it is extremely important because I think uh, the, the the amount of emphasis that Christ lays or the Scripture lays on leadership, you can't you you cannot even underestimate. And you know we need people who uh, have really followed Christ and have really understood the 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 real reason or the real meaning of discipleship to also lay down uh, uh the, the principles of discipleship to others that are coming up i think discipleship when, when the scripture says you know without uh w- w- for lack of vision people cast of restraint if we don't have any direction if 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 there are there is no discipleship people are just going to be doing how how are people going to know that what they're doing is even out of kilter and I think it's, it's really, really important that we really disciple people because if we don't show people the way, mm. then and, and expect that people know the way automatically, there, there, let's remember there are some people that need a hand. You know, only a few people, if we, if we have a t- 20 people in a class, I remember when I was in school, there are some of us that you literally had to beat us to learn. We were not like the Tolu's. <laughs> Who, huh? who would just go and, and pick up the book and always study in the evening when, you know, when we, I, I, you, this, oh, not fun. this Tony. I was going to say you got the wrong Tony, yeah? <laughs> so, so, you know, you, you know, you know those Tony guys, those Tony guys who always have a book and they're studying constantly. That was not me. And, you know, I needed, I needed guidance. I needed support. And I think lead, um, discipleship is so, so important. Um, do you know to what? Enable us to, in, to, to move through that journey. I feel in addition to that, I feel like everybody needs help to learn. Because I don't know if you watched um, that documentary, The Last Dance, with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was like the best in the world. But even Michael Jordan, he had a trainer. Mm. He had someone that mm. discipled him. He had someone that took him yeah. to the next level. Because there is nobody that, mm. that can't learn. You know, even Jesus, he went through a process of learning and growing you know so everybody i think needs discipleship in one way or another even if you're already great you can get to a next level you can get to a higher level you know i think everybody needs discipleship (coughs) yeah and and before i i answer the question i'd like to lovingly correct total how are you going to say michael jordan is like the best in the world (laughs) in the world i mean come on how am I going to name my son after somebody? And- <laughs> uh, so, um, why, why is discipleship so important? Because it, it is the heartbeat of our dying Messiah. The, you see, the words of any dying person, even, even a person who is not relevant, their final words are very, very important. So when Jesus was going, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, I said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. These were the last words. He, well, not the last words, but 
but these were some of the very powerful last words he gave disciples commissioning them to go make disciples so we cannot disregard these words we cannot say it's a bit too because like 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 we read in the comments that it's reliant on relationships and relationships are messy relationships are difficult relationships are not just something you just pop in and pop out Mm -hmm. You, you you do it on the long haul and so i always tell the guys who come here whenever they go out evangelizing i said i love your zeal i love your passion for evangelism but the discipleship aspect is very very important it is very very important because uh, you can't just go and tell everybody jesus is coming and they need to be saved and go home and sleep you don't have to deal with them you don't have to deal with their issues but when after they have come to jesus you have to deal with them go through day-to-day issues like you know and and you have to see people for who they are and they will see you for who they are for who you are too and then you have to forgive one another you have to help one another you have to bear with one another and that is, is so important these were the the heartbeat of jesus he wanted to live that with that because he lived that when he was on earth mm-hmm. And, and I think also it comes back to that thing we were talking about earlier where like if there's no discipleship we're literally just playing church like mm-hmm. that's all we're doing if we're not actually discipling mm-hmm. people what are we really doing then mm. that's good Nash said discipleship is one of the best ways to learn how to live and be a disciple yourself so you can teach another the best training camp to learn and practice etc when we come to christ we don't know it all we don't know his heart and his ways so we need to be taught discipleship oh she's going in tonight isn't it discipleship is like moving into a house you've never been to before you learn the house rules culture from those who live there already where to put your shoes etc and why you get welcomed in first then when you become part of the furniture you can one day welcome someone else in and teach them how this family does life i love that i love that and i love her melanie said the person who is discipling <laughs> they said you gotta score your goals when you can score your goals the person who is discipling another person is also learning you keep yourself in check because you know the other person is looking at you closely i think that's a really good point um and i think it's really true very very true Hmm. at least at least hopefully it's true can i throw in in a a text of scripture that i really love yes please. Um, jesus said in the gospels he says that come unto me all all you who are weak and heavy laden and i'll give you rest most often than not we we just end there he said he said come and learn of me Mm. for i am of a meek and a lowly spirit Mm. my yoke is easy and my burden is like come and learn of me Mm. most of us are not teachable so so we are not learning of that's why we are still carrying our burdens because Mm. the level to which you learn of him is the level to which your your load and your burden will be lightened because come and learn of me for i'm of a meek and a lowly spirit he's telling you learn of me and so i believe it's very very important our heart posture how we remain teachable it is it's a learning thing i've I've learned over the years when people when people say hey 
Kofi, you know, I want you to teach me this. Like, yeah, I want us to share and learn from each other because there's always something to learn in every situation. So mm. I'll share that, yeah. That's real, real good. Wonderful. And we'll move on to the next question then, which is a bit of a statement, actually. It's my pastor's responsibility to make disciples, not mine. I'll just keep inviting people to my church and that's my part done. Thoughts on this statement? <laughs> I love Derek. <laughs> the guy is clicking his neck. It's about to go down. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. <laughs> Um, He's not doing it. He's doing it. So many salient points, but um, <laughs> um, but you know that statement is not complete um, because if, if you were, I think I think Kofi was alluded to that earlier. On. I go out and I basically mind. I, I can speak to people and tell them Jesus about you. That's the easy part. Uh, the 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 other aspect of it is living with people experiencing people you know taking on other people's burdens you know in other words what we broke down earlier on doing life with people if mm. if, if the, the easy part is really telling people that come to church with me mm. but but uh, we know that our, our walk with christ is more than just sweet you know there are challenging aspects and and i think a lot of us are professionals at leaving the difficult aspects mm. to the leadership or the pastor or the co- we need or more, the coffee. We need we need more volume on this one. Altogether. We need the volume <laughs> up. Volume up. <laughs> but, but but we don't want to deal with the, the difficult people, the complex yeah. people, the yeah. complexities of other people's lives. You know, inviting people in, even with the thought that you know what, when I pick up this 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 piece of wood, a snake might come out and the snake might just bite me. But we forget mm. that we can also shake the snake off back in the fire. You know, so, so it's, it's one of those things where we need to recognize um, and, and be open to, even though it's difficult, you know, it's a real challenge. But mm. yeah, that's, that's, I'll say that's just part of it. That's good. You guys got anything more to say on that? Um, I think even just from the word, when we look at, you know, who did Jesus tell to go forth and make disciples? That's something for everybody. That is the commission, like Kofi said, that's the commission that we've all been given as disciples of Christ. So he didn't just say to you pastors, go do that, because all of the apostles, not all of the disciples or the apostles were pastors, right? He said this to all of them. So this is something for all of us, the church at large, that's what we're meant to do. So, and I think this also in some ways shows sometimes where people's mindset is at is like they said like oh that's my pastor's job that's my Mm. pastor's job actually no like that's your job right the Mm. pastor's job is yeah to take care and equip and those kind of things but what is he equipping you for because it says you know he gave to gave apostles he gave some apostles some pastors some teachers evangelists etc but why for the equipping Mm. of the saints and this Mm. is what Mm. we're being Mm. to do I mean, you, you stole the scripture right from. I'm, 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 I'm literally, I'm literally there. Ephesians four. That, that that's the job of the, the the leaders to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm. So we, we are all in this together. It's not um, it's not you just pointing. 
And I think when it's done practically, Jesus did it practically. And they brought they brought some demons to the disciples of Jesus to cast them out. And then after they they struggled, they came to Jesus. Why could you not cast? They they've, they've successfully done it before. So practically doing, I'll never forget as a youth as a youth minister in Ghana, um, we we did um, a, a service and then we set up some demons and somebody was manifesting. And I, I just I just ran to my youth pastor to call him to come and deal with it. Mm. And he told me, "You you go and handle business." <laughs> and and that that is a practice. He said, "You go and handle business." And 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 because it's the same authority that has been given to all of us. And when you go and you handle business, it realize, "Oh my goodness, this can happen." So when people, I'm, I'm not I'm not all things. I can't be all things. So when people come to our church, what I try to do. One time, one of our guys with a powerful evangelistic drive, one time I went out with him and just show him how I do evangelism. And he's like, oh, wow. Whenever you used to tell me, he almost thought at a point that I was lazy with evangelism. But I told him that I can't be going to stand there screaming to everybody. I just go out there, approach people, talk to them like regular human beings and share the gospel. And it was difficult for him to see what I was saying until one day I went out with him. And after that, I've not been out with him anymore. Now he goes out with his team of people. And I think when the culture is the culture, one last thing I would say is that human beings, sometimes we love the feeling of being needed. Yes. So, so that's how it's not just exclusive to pastors. Sometimes People are always dogging our pastors. It's, yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. a human being thing. Sure. It's a human being thing. We like to be needed. So the reason why I'm not equipping people, if I equip them and they go there, they handle business, who are they going to call? Ghostbusters. Yeah. No, they, they have to <laughs> have to come back to they have to come back to me every day. Pastor, I had a dream. <laughs> and there was a there's a monkey chasing me. What does it mean? And you pray for them. And you feel powerful. You feel like you are the main man. Yeah. But if they are doing it themselves and they are not coming to you, sometimes we are human. You feel like, Ooh, well, I, I'm, I'm not feeling as indispensable anymore. So it's church culture and it's a human being thing. We all have to learn early on. Mm. We all say delegate, delegate, but delegating things doesn't come easy to any of us. Mm. Especially if you're a perfectionist. And if you 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 are a person of excellence, delegating things doesn't come easy. But you have to mm-hmm. learn to trust and even risk it. Come on, yeah, that's good, man. That's really really good. I'm gonna run through some of the comments. Um, I think Carla was a little bit ticked off with this one. She said rubbish, <laughs> as in the statement itself. Um, and she said we are all called to the Great Commission. No, absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, Jonas said, go into the world and make disciples. It is not your pastor's responsibility only. I almost started like speaking like Jonas as I was reading it. Mind that. <laughs> <out. laughs> it is the it is the responsibility Jonas of every enough. single believer to disciple people and teach them. Amen. Zina said, being teachable is so important. Knowing that all we know is not all there is to know will get us far. Poetry right there. Melanie said, it depends on the teaching of my pastor. Am I being taught to be a teacher or becoming a mature Christian? Hmm. 
am I being taught to be a teacher or becoming a mature Christian? Interesting. And she also went on to say, am I being equipped? Indeed, Kofi. There are pastors who are not teaching the ch- their church to mature. Got it. That's where they were landing. Got you. And Jonas said, exactly, bro. I told you. Wonderful stuff. So we'll move on to the next question then, which is how do I know if I've actually been discipled? What does it actually look like? And I know that there's some overlap in some of these questions but i guess this is a little bit of a slightly different angle if you guys feel that you can see it there how do i know if i've actually been discipled what does it actually look like i think you should you should look at the one that i did beside you and look at yourself and see whether there's been any changes are you talking like them are you how 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 are your responses um we were talking that somebody mentioned earlier on, you know, are you smelling like them? In other words, you know, how, how much has what has been happening or what has been pouring into you wrapped off, off of you? Um, and, and usually that is expressed in most of the times away, away from the cameras. Let me use the word cameras. Uh, when, when nobody else is, is watching or when you think that nobody else is watching, Mm. what are our reactions like and how do we respond to certain things um mm. because there, there's there's a there's there's a huge um responsibility on 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 us now that we've been discipled now to show um what what what's the word i'm looking for well let me use the word responsibility again now that you've been discipled we now need to show the effects or the fruit of our, uh, our discipleship and so in other words what are the fruits that i'm bearing i think that is a huge indicator of, of mm. how i'm being discipled and, and i think it also comes comes down to like Derek said looking at your life and seeing are you seeing fruit and it's are you seeing the right fruit you know, mm. so this is where it comes back to you know discipleship should end up with us being more christ-like so getting into the word and seeing okay am i growing in how i am being christ-like you know looking at christ as the standard and saying okay how am i moving towards this standard over the over a time period you know, mm. that really shows the effective or not am i actually mm. getting what i need to grow mm. Mm. And, a, and a couple of scriptures are just running through my mind and the first one is second corinthians chapter three he said that we all with unveiled faces beholding him as in a mirror are changed into that image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of god how much are we being changed into that image how much are we being changed into that image and um the bible says that the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day yeah. i believe that um those who appear before God in Zion shall grow from strength to strength. How much are we becoming like Jesus? Paul said that I may know him mm. and I may be made conformable to him. And you quoted Romans 8 that, that we are all be made conformable to the image of how 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 Christ-like are we becoming? Mm. You be able to see it, that you are changing like, oh, this is... And, and whenever I say it, people like like, 
I know this, this is not me. When, when I do something and it's good and people say, oh, coffee is so... When people use the word calm with me, I'm just like, wow, me, calm. That must be Christ because... Yeah. I knew, <laughs> I before, before Christ, there was nothing calm in me. I wanted to... <laughs> so I'm just thinking like, but... But now when I say those things about me wanting to be gangster, people laugh at me and think I'm, I'm trying to make it up. I'm yeah, trying to be yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be bad when I'm saved. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was who I was. I've been changed so much that sometimes people, people's, people think, one time somebody saw me even play basketball. I'm like, oh, wow, you can play basketball. I'm like, I don't just fast and pray. I do other things. You know? <laughs> and... And... <laughs> You know, people, you know that every good thing in you, you see that it looks like Christ. Mm. And the other things we are changing to that image. The other things that don't, that don't look like Christ, then you think, hmm, this must also go. This must also go. So it it, it, it is really proven by how much we are changing. Um, yeah. So we've had some more comments coming as well. Um, Prey said, this convo is so necessary. Many will happily take the title of a mentor or teacher, but are the disciples closer to Jesus or to you? That's good. She said, a real mentor who is discipling well will teach people how to be more dependent on the Lord than them. They should be able to stand on their own two feet and seek the Lord for themselves. Like Paul a mentor will bring in people to see what their lives are like with the Lord as an example to them. Follow me as I follow Christ. Sometimes mentors are so distant from real life that people think that level of, that people think that level of holiness or maturity is so far out of reach for the rest of us. That is a really good point. It's a very good point. And it's actually a point that is linked to a question that we have here as well actually which is what role does transparency play in disciple making is it weakness what's the balance hmm. i i i had some an article in mind and i titled it when keeping it real goes wrong mm. when keeping it real goes wrong and um <laughs> That there is a certain level of vulnerability, transparency that you need when you're a leader. Mm. And it is not easy because when you are put on a pedestal and people come close to you and they see that sometimes before I, I go live on Facebook and, and my children are acting up, I have to literally give them the eye or scream at them. And they see that, oh man, he loses his, he loses his school every now and then. Mm. It takes me off that pedestal of being chilled and calm. But mm. it, it is a vulnerability that you should be willing to accept. People coming into your life. Mm. It can be uncomfortable. It can be, and the, the and familiarity can even, you know, mm. and it can breed a certain level of content. And it's a weakness that even Jesus... He, he, he allowed himself to be that vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Because in that same text that we read from Mark 3, Jesus 
Jesus got to a point where his family took him aside and they said he's out of his mind. They, they, they told this to my Lord and my Savior that he's out of his mind. And this guy can call, if it was me, and I had that power, I'd probably say, turn that fire, you know, something like that. I'll turn Nigerian and say, turn that fire, you. But, but, you know, but, but Jesus, 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 he didn't behave like me. Thank, thank God. Mm. So the, the vulnerability is there. The balance is that we think keeping it real means that, oh, everything that comes to mind, I say it. I have to do whatever I please so that people will think I'm keeping it real. And mm. and that came to mind. I wanted to write the article, and I'm not bashing Aisha Kerry. I love Steph Kerry and Aisha Kerry, but they went on Real Table Talk, and they got so free, and Aisha Kerry talked about the fact that she sometimes feels some type of way and she needs people to holler at her to make her feel like she's a real woman. And everybody, including Jada Pinkett, told her, girl, you, I think keeping it real went too far there. You mm. should not say some of these things. The balance is having the discretion to know that you don't just say things just because you want to keep it real. And especially in this our culture of trying to keep it real. Mm, keeping mm. it real doesn't mean Somebody said something to me. Wisdom is knowing when to speak your mind and when to mind your speech. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes I will be spitting fire angry. And how do people know I am? Because I'll keep quiet. Because <laughs> I know that I know that you know what? Everything that comes out of my mouth is not gonna be holy. So people <laughs> actually know. So I'm not trying to be in front. Because when yeah. people see me extremely quiet, they go like my man is not happy. Yeah, yeah. So, it, the balance is not something we human beings will ever perfectly get, but we should endeavor to try and get it every now and then. I, and, and, and I think it's linked to that as well, <laughs> where wisdom comes in is, is it going to be edifying for that person? And are you just venting in the moment or are you saying, look, this is how I felt in this moment. So like, for example, at work, there are times where like, Kofi, I'm in a meeting and I'm like, blood fire all these people like <laughs> i go jamaican i don't go Nigeria. i get jamaican I'm thinking, I said blood fire. Blood fire. <laughs> like, but you know my team they all think i'm super chilled and super calm and i don't get angry but after i tell them look i was really really angry in mm. this situation yeah but they also see how i then navigate that situation mm. and they're saying oh you actually i'm like yeah like this really got to me but mm. this is why i did what i actually did do you see what I mean? Yeah, and that yeah. transparency for me is really important. But for me, yeah. like me popping up in that moment and being transparent that way, does that help them? I don't I don't think so. So for me, it's about balancing like what is edifying for people? How do I still be transparent, but in a way that doesn't then make them think it's okay to start popping off, but they should know it's okay to be angry. Because the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. Yeah. You know, actually, for me, that's where some of the balance is, is is also what's edifying. And am I giving them a solution to the problem that I had, right? Because we're all going to face problems and issues, but am I actually teaching people to navigate situations or am I teaching them just to keep it real and just go off like that's mm. that for me I think is the balance mm. um, what I'd like to say about that actually is um, personally I've also experienced and, and you know this 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 is, is, is something that you know my, my brother Kofi might might have his uh, 
opinions on. But um, I've also seen that um, being there, there is there is a level of uh, connectivity and power that is associated also with being vulnerable. And so I'll give you an example of um, the people that are close to us, people looking up to us. Uh, for instance, you know, people that we've we 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 know that we're pouring into. Um, you know, I think when when Jesus Christ says, "Take on my burden," you know, I don't think that. I, I think I think one of the fundamental things was he was telling us not everything is easy, not everything is pretty, not everything is light, and so you're gonna have to also take on some of the heavy stuff. Um, but I think that it, it gives people um, that that level of uh, re- relatability, if I can use that term, um, when we are also able within. Um, uh, uh, reach and with wisdom able to share some of our own challenges and our own struggles as well because it really also helps them to see you know some of us are not also put on a certain pedestal or you know as as somebody said to Kofi you know I didn't even know Kofi could play basketball <laughs> you know so uh, I, think, I think there is a huge level of relatability that comes but it has to be um, guided by a lot of wisdom yeah and a lot of wisdom and i think something that what you said just sparked for me is that paul said you know in my weakness no his strength is made perfect in my weakness weakness. right so actually if we're doing transparency right it should still be pointing people to the strength of god to the work of god to the power of god Mm, it shouldn't then be about us it should really be about look this is what god is doing in me in these situations where i am weak his strength is made perfect in my weakness you know Mm, maybe that's also a part of the balance is making sure that even in showing that vulnerability and being transparent Mm. we're actually that we're pointing to the strength of God and people don't leave mm. impressed with us they leave impressed with actually this is what God is doing and mm. this is what God can also do in my life so I think it comes back to what praise is saying where you know people thinking that level of maturity of, and holiness is so far away yeah but actually when you see even someone like Paul is saying mm. you know I have weaknesses and Paul wrote so much of the Bible Mm. so being able to see that and actually it's just the grace of god in him and he's saying you know i am all that i am because of the grace of god and it's making mm. sure that in our transparency we're really pointing people back to that amen amen i quickly just want to add an example of jesus jesus was the most relatable person that ever walked the surface of the earth who is god <laughs> because he was in the garden of gethsemane and he Powerful. said he said did I steal your scripture? It's good, bro. Say it. The Holy Spirit went. Yeah. <laughs> Once you forgive me, I'm going to continue. So No, bro, there's no forgiveness. I'm glad you're saying it. <laughs> so he said, my soul is depressed to the, deeply sorrowful to the point of death. And then he said, could you not even stay with me? Guys, I need your help. I, I'm really... And then he went to God and he said, Father, if it's possible... Let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will. These people saw him in distress. He was depressed. What was happening to him was not a spiritual um, phenomenon. It's actually a physical mm. thing. Mm. And, and it's called hematidrosis. Like when you get so stressed to the point of 
your 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 sweat pulse breaking through and and blood coming through it is a point of extreme stress jesus went there the disciples were around him he went a stone's throw to so they saw his stress yet he said nevertheless not my will and the angels came to strengthen him so what i've learned to do when when i miss an opportunity and it's public instead of doing the very human thing trying to cover up mm. i try to as much as possible own up and apologize it happens a lot with my children mm. and i apologize like honey i'm sorry daddy messed up this is not how i'm supposed to behave but i'm sorry will you forgive me and they say yes so now when my three-year-old who is running the show she's the queen of the house she's tearing up stuff and then she's being <laughs> disciplined she says daddy i forgive you i forgive you and i just look like yo you need forgiveness <laughs> but she's heard she's heard that so many times from me mm. that she realized that oh the daddy I, and and, and I, they said they, my children said that to me daddy i'm proud of you i said thank you for being proud of me because i believe that they should see you vulnerable asking them for forgiveness they should see you say my bad i messed up today i was in the flesh man just forgive me <laughs> you know that's good man um and i think that's just good. to that's good. to add another point as well on those verses um and it's linked to something that Tolly said as well when jesus went to gethsemane he took the disciples with him he told some of them to sit there whilst he prayed and then he took peter and the two sons of zebedee with him and that's where he said the part that um that you were speaking about um kofi about my soul being sorrowful even unto death and then after that he went a little further and then that's when he spoke to the father saying if it be possible let the cup pass and i think the link between what you're saying about those verses and what Tolu mentioned is that it might not always be something that would be edifying and helpful for everybody to see the full depth of your vulnerability wow. Wow. yeah so it, it's i guess probably what i thought in my mind this i don't know some people might not like this example but we all have underwear yeah not everybody's gonna see your underwear but for those that are not gonna see your underwear don't act like you don't have underwear right because there's a way that you can speak and have enough shown so that they understand that you are a human and that you do have flesh and that you do have things that you go through and there's a level of transparency to it but then it might not necessarily be wise to disclose everything to every single person because that's where we get into that whole oversharing thing but then at the same time it is healthy to have um to have those spaces where we can really open up on a deeper level um with that select few brothers or sisters depending on who you are and your state your stage in life so so yeah i really like that i'm just gonna run through some of the comments as well because we haven't been there for a while um melanie said in these days of social distance etc do you think good discipleship is possible <laughs> distance <laughs> no legit though think like honestly what do you guys think about that i'm like practically speaking thinking about some parts of the world the lockdown is a, it has been lifted and stuff like that but thinking back to the times where we have been deeply locked down and not so able to spend so much time with one another the way we maybe would have a year and a half two years ago um do you think good and i, I think the emphasis on good discipleship is possible 
I, I think so because I think if you are intentional about it, then anything is possible. I feel like we have a lot more at our disposal now, even due mm-hmm. to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we probably did before because stuff like virtual meeting is now the norm you know mm-hmm. there are people who I haven't spoken to in years but I spoke to them through the pandemic because now those some of those boundaries are also broken down yeah so I think that if you if you're really intentional even just in terms of checking up on people calling all of that kind of stuff I think it's definitely still it's definitely still very possible because mm. you don't always have to be in the same geographical location as somebody to do life with them. Yeah, yeah. And I agree, I agree 100% totally. I think, I think even at work, right? My, my, my manager keeps saying that, guys, we, we've, been, we've become so close mm. during this COVID time. We are having Microsoft team meetings and she's always on my phone. Sometimes my, my wife literally knows like, oh, are you talking to your manager? I was like, yeah, because we are not in the same space again. So it's how intentional you are mm-hmm. and um, how the culture of your of your fellowship is like. And I think um, what was meant for evil, yeah, we can turn it for good by the grace mm-hmm. of God. And I believe that we have so many tools at our disposal now. Before COVID, like we used to have this Friday Bible study thing and one brother who lived in Egham, he moved to Horsham. So I started saying, let's do, I started feeling like, oh, I wasn't being too spiritual. So let's do um, video calls. Instead of doing the video calls, I didn't know COVID was about to happen. Wow. So by the time COVID happened, we are starting. ready. And so these two, we're not going to take them away. You don't have to drive one hour from Horsham just to come and do Bible studies. We can use this together with meeting when Boris releases us to to do all this we need to do. Mm. That's good. That's real good. Jonas said, who is this person (laughs) with these type of questions? (laughs) (laughs) You can call the person Stig. (laughs) Melanie said, accountability is also very important very true praise said yes to vulnerability and accountability Zena said i think commitment and vulnerability transparency is necessary on both sides for authentic and effective discipleship to work do you know what i think the on both sides part is really important mm. because i think where the commitment part comes in is that you have to be willing to also protect people's vulnerabilities come on I feel like in this kind of time that we live in, like if somebody shows you their vulnerabilities, often mm. that's what people will then use to like nail that person. Mm. You know? And I feel like that, that's that right. trust that's right. needs to be there. And that's where some of that church hurt comes in, right? Is that leaders are vulnerable. Mm. And then the very same people who they're trying to decide and be vulnerable to will then gun for them. So I think mm. I love what Zena said about it's on both sides. You know, I have to know that actually me being vulnerable and transparent is safe with you. That's wrong. Safe space. Safe spaces are very important. Safe spaces are very, very important. And you see, listen, sometimes we talk about, every time people talk about accountability, it sounds very, very nice. But it's very, very messy. Yeah. Like I said, (laughs) it's it's very messy. It's, It's deeper than you asking, yo, brother Tolu, do you have your quiet time today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's deeper than that. It's, 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 it's more like me going to 
brother Arnold said, yo, brother Arnold, I've been watching too much Netflix and I've been feeling some stuff. It's not that I'm minding. So mm, 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 it's you opening up. Come on. Being vulnerable. Because listen, when we go to an accountability meeting, I can tell you what you want to hear. I can That's tell right. you what you want to hear. But when I say, you know what? Yeah. I have been yeah. acting a big fat fool this week. So, brother, you need to, and you go like, mm. you have to come to that place where, so it has to be both sides. Sometimes we, we, I believe in this principle. He that wants friends must make themselves yeah. friendly. If you want to be open, vulnerable, you must make yourself vulnerable. People will see that vulnerability in you. Mm. I think deep calls to the deep in these issues. When people meet you, mm. they, right. feel, they feel that safety around you. Like, yo, I could tell you anything and I know you're not going to make it a prayer mm. topic. Pray for brother Isaac, you know. Mm. He's been watching be too much game of Zina also said that's such a cool perspective that Jesus's burden is made light not because it lacks difficulty but rather because once we are with him and have him in our life it is he who gives us strength to endure that's my wife too, Arnold. I had to put in there. Come on, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Listen. I see, I, see, I see you, you know, saying that. I must say that once. Kofi's been discipled. Kofi has been discipled. To you know, like I have to learn. I have to learn. Right. Right. Exactly. I have to learn from the I like this. I like this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, cool. Um, the next question is, what are some signs of a toxic discipleship relationship? Hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I believe uh, in this one for Derek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I'm going to mention two things. Um, two things, and then I'll, I'll probably open it to the rest of the group. But uh, one is control. Um, oh, from, from, so from the leadership to... Uh, to subordinates, if I should put it that way, or, or for for those discipling uh, to to the disciple, um, control, where you know somebody said that when when you can't inspire people anymore, then you have to begin to control them, um, and that's one of the fundamental things that we need to look out for as leaders. When you have to orchestrate everybody's movement to get what you want um, mm. against the person's will. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's one uh, major highlight. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, to a person being discipled, if, if, if almost, I've always uh, also discovered that every relationship you can almost say no to. I mean, you can't say no to, even if you know that it's not leading you to a right place, is mm-hmm. something that you have to watch. Um, and so there is regard, there is respect, there is honor. But, but as you said, you know, as knowing the scriptures and understanding, if you know that, you know, the person that is leading you is leading you to a place and you can't say no, you can't um, uh, uh, stand up, then, then, then you have to be watchful. You have to start asking certain questions. That was a difficult one, especially for those being mentored or discipled. But, but that, that's what I would say. Mm. That's good. 
That's real good. Anything else to add, brothers? No, I think that's perfect. Um, you see, it's a it's a very very sensitive thing because I'm very careful when we talk about toxicity. People think like, oh, it's it's that person who's toxic, but it it becomes a situation where, um, sometimes we say that oh, this person is controlling me. Yes, it's true. People who are in leadership can can you know abuse their power and authority but sometimes too, the toxicity comes when people are also at a place where they are overly needy so it opens them up to that control and manipulation and so i believe that let us not just look at leaders and pastors and of course there's a higher responsibility i will never diminish that however yeah. i believe that sometimes the demand we place on any relationship de- determines what is supplied to us. Even in friendships. That's why people say stuff like, oh, yo, you, you marry and on the first year you're on your honeymoon, but oh, you, you'll be killing each other. I don't believe in that because <laughs> I don't believe in that because I believe that you can watch out for this toxicity mm-hmm. and it's examining yourself every day. When you are becoming, the banter is becoming too much, too much banter. You go, yo, yo, I've been wilding out too much. Let me just reduce the banter. Too much banter. And then when the level of reverence, the level of honor is is reducing, you you, you are starting to to dishonor somebody means to to make common, to make Mm -hmm. normal. So when you are starting to do all that, you see that toxicity is coming. So I think... To be able to deal with toxic lead, um, discipleship, yes, of course, pastors, leaders, people in um, top leadership must really make sure. But I believe that it takes two to tango. Sometimes mm. people bring drama, and then when when they, they, they are faced with control, they go like, "Oh, you are controlling!" But yeah, you are some drama queen. So I mean, <laughs> everybody's got to own. Everybody's gonna own something. We all yeah. need to watch out for toxicity it's not the person is it when the pastor is preaching it's like oh this message is for this person at home no it's for you <laughs> sometimes we think when we talk about toxic relationship we all we're always thinking about somebody mm. it's not it's not me i can't be the one but mm. we can, we are all very susceptible to these things and we have to examine ourselves daily mm. and have to repent and say god am i being toxic it's my relationship my friendship being too toxic and help us and i trust that you will that's good and what are some signs of a healthy discipleship relationship I think someone earlier said about extending of grace as well Mm. and I think that that's actually really important and I think that that also Mm. links into what Derek was saying about you know in a toxic relationship there's control I feel like in a healthy discipleship relationship there's freedom there's grace but there's also like there's love you know there's correction there's discipline so i I think it's kind of someone kind of being to that person what jesus was is to us all the time you know them being a conduit of god's love to that person and helping them to walk alongside and sometimes that is going to be encouragement sometimes that is going to be rebuke sometimes it's going to be correction but it's that that balance and that mix of all of those things mm. oh, I like that word, 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 word that's good um, 
a couple of the comments that came into the last question as well i missed them earlier nash said to the toxic one control manipulation jonah said please not the word toxic again anyway <laughs> what did i miss, what did I miss? <laughs> And um, Jonas also said the signs for healthy discipleship is love. Who is asking these questions, please? <laughs> Where's your love, brother? Where's your love, yeah, brother? where is your love, bro? Where's your love, brother, Jonas? Jonas, not everybody Jonas. is in the third heaven with you, bro. <laughs> no, Jonas is in the fourth. Did you not know? <laughs> you got you. Oh, <laughs> oh, my um, Carla said fruits of the spirit and growth in both the disciple and the disciple. That's good. Yes, my wife. Amen. Thank you. Get it in, bro. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning from early. Year one. I'm learning early. Oh, <laughs> Melanie said one sign of healthy relationship is growth. Amen. That's good. And I think that feeds into, yeah, Amen. it's a similar point that Carla mentioned about fruits of the spirit and growth in both the discipled and the disciple. Mm. Okay, so we're moving on to the final question before we close out. Um, and it's more of a one might even call this a bit of an autocore or something like that <laughs> but um, it's I'm tired of going through the motions what do I do to become a real disciple where do I start by going by going by going to the master I mean he's the master he determines he determines a pattern he has a blueprint so um the the beautiful thing about our master that people say he's a god of a second chance of course he's not god of a second chance otherwise i would have missed it a long time ago in bethlehem he's a god of many chances he does he gives so many chances that you can go to him anytime and say that um father that's why paul admonishes says examine yourself and see whether you be in Listen, every every day you, you you don't get too cocky and think like, yo, I'm there, I've made it. There is always mm. a chance mm. you have met something. So so if you are tired of going through the motion, go back to the master and say, hey, Jesus, I mean, am I straight with you? I mean, I need to get this straight. Yeah. You, I mean, and he will show you. He will show you. And sometimes we, we are always asking, in this opinion-driven world, we're always asking people, so what do you think? So what do you think about mm. what do you think about it's like i don't know you like that man i don't know you like that i don't know what's in your heart the one who who knows the intents of their heart and mm. can discern mm. our thoughts and say search mm. me oh lord and know my heart today try mm. me and know my thoughts mm. see if there be any wicked way because their heart is deceitful desperately wicked above all mm. things sometimes our heart will play the games on us so go to him, say, Master, speak yeah. that seven hundred, and I pray that we will all get to that place daily in repentance yeah. in front of God. Mm. That's powerful. Amen. Amen. I think just to add on to that as well, I think um, one of the things that came to me was uh, Romans 12. Mm. Um, I think one and two, but two basically talks about, you know, be transformed by mm. the renewing of your mind. So that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I think it's important that when it talks about the renewing, it's a continual process. And so if you find yourself just going through the motions, I think that being able to uh, come to the place where you're 
able to what, renew your mind. It's a daily thing. It's a constant thing. And, mm. and when you renew your mind, it ties in with, with what, you know, most of the things Kofi has mentioned so that mm. you will be able to, to come back to what God is really saying about you and about the situation that you find yourself in that, that keeps you uh, in that loop. Mm. That's good. I love that. I love everything that both of you said, and I think that's a really good way to um, <clears throat> to round this up for us. I think if you're somebody that's watching this, um, and that's even ourselves included, and you're really wrestling with these questions, I think there is hope. You know, um, like Kofi explained, God hasn't for so long as we have breath, we have another chance to engage with God, and I think it's a very honourable thing for any of us to come to a place where we can actually admit and say you know what i don't think that i've been getting this thing right especially when you've been around the church for a while like it takes a level of humility to really say you know what the last 10 15 20 years i've just been playing church like i've not been yielding to this whole discipleship process i've not been following after the way of the kingdom i've just been pretty much attending paying some of my offerings and the times occasionally as was mentioned earlier but i'm not really deeply plugged in and connected and so I think the hope and the desire is that this would give you hope. It would encourage you wherever you are in your journey to know that there is still space, there is still grace. And today is an opportunity for you to go deeper than just being a, um, a person who's playing church and to actually become a disciple who makes disciples. It's the system that we were given um, and it's a living, breathing organism that is how the kingdom is expanded. Sorry, I can see the low battery warning and I don't want you guys to get cut off, so I need to plug my charger in. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Um, thank you, Derek, Tolu, Kofi, for um, spending time, obviously, having this conversation with us. Thank you guys who have come out to watch as usual. It's been great seeing you guys there um, at Reason to Behold on all platforms. Take care, man. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye.